Welcome. Thank you for being here. We love you guys. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we're so thankful for this day. We honor you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And Father, I just ask that you just open up our hearts, our eyes, and just, uh, you know, we're going to allow you to just speak to us. We, we, we take the posture that you're going to be the potter and we're going to be the clay. And Father, we, we don't want to just hear a cute message. We want to hear a message that's going to really help us. And, 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 and so we just invite your presence in Jesus' precious name. Everyone says... Amen. So happy Resurrection Sunday, also known as Easter. That's kind of pop culture, like Easter, Easter service. But really for us as, as the body of Christ, we, we consider Resurrection Day. That's what we consider. It's Resurrection Day. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, it says, Jesus suffered the pain of death, but God made him free. He raised him from the dead, and there is no way for death to hold him down. Come on, right? So why did Jesus, well, why was Jesus willing to allow himself to go through, through all this agony to die on the cross for me, for you? Why was he willing to do that? I mean, you know, just thinking this whole week as I was praying, and I, every day I would think, man, if I knew my fate was coming, a fate for that season because he's going to, you know, uh, he's, he's not, the grave can't hold him down. But if I know that I'm going to go through the process of death, you know, it's, it's, wow, that would be very intense. You know, I've, I've been, you know, I've been to the hospital, visit people, and, and you know, sometimes somebody's in surgery or somebody's, they're doing the procedure, and I've sat out in, in, in the lobby with the family members, and even though we're having a conversation, I know that that person is thinking about that family member that's in the hospital. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure you have found yourself in that situation where out here, where, where the world that everybody else sees is one thing, but what's going on on the inside is a whole other thing. Yeah. Amen? And so I can just imagine the thoughts that Jesus had because he came down here. He stripped himself, and he was just like you and I. <clears throat> and so I'm sure there, there, there would have been times where fear hit him. I'm sure there would have been times where he's like, man, bro, I don't know if I can do this. And so he was willing to do it for, for this simple reason, is to restore our relationship with our Father. That, that, that's what he wanted to do. And so it, it is important for us to just realize why he did it. Do you know that it's important to have a good father in your life? Very important. Very important. And so I you know, did some, some, some research, and, and research shows that there's positive effects when there's a good father in the family. There is. And, and I'm just going to name a few. I don't have time to go through them and, and dig, dig real deep on them. But one of the things that I, that, that I found was that a, a, a relationship with a good father impacts their children's self-esteem. It impacts their self-esteem. So imagine the unlimited possibilities that we have been given, amen, because we have the best father we could ever have. We should be the most confident people. So, all right, so that's, that, that is one area. So I, I think we have the advantage. The other is behavior. They've noticed when there's a good father in the home, it affects the children's behavior for the better. That's why when you're in a relationship with God, there's certain things you just can't do no more. There's just some things you get convicted. God is awesome, man. He, he loves you. I have a, 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 one of our uh, friends, uh, a pastor friend from Indiana. I think they're in Chicago now. But his wife, she was telling us a story how, she was kind of like a little out there. She liked party, you know, party now. You know, I'm sure none of you understand what I'm saying, but just try to bear with me. Um, and so she would go party. 
And her stepdad, really nice guy, man of God, very successful, uh, he would wait for her, but he would stay in the study, he would be doing, studying the word, and then she'd try to sneak in the house. And, and, and she says when she walked in, she'd try to quietly go up the stairs, and, and she'd always go, honey, can you come here for a minute? And she's like, she had conviction all over herself. And he would just say, honey, I just want to let you know that I love you very much. Man, and she said, every time, I'm like, I can't, I, I feel so bad inside. I feel convicted every time. It was the love of her father that won her over. It wasn't the hate of her father. It was the love of the father that won her over. And so it affects our behavior when you're in relationship with a good father. It also affects your life choices. And, and God is so interested in you that he wants to make sure that he helps you be successful in doing what you're created to do. Another area is your relationships. God is into healthy relationships. Have you ever met anyone that doesn't have a healthy relationship? I think we all have. Have we yet ever been in a relationship that wasn't healthy? Perhaps. Do we ever have like, like an hour and 35 minutes where the relationship went really bad for a minute and then eventually it comes back? Of course we do, right? But God is into healthy relationships. And so the reason being is when we see our father, he's all healthy. And we, we want to see, once you've had filet mignon, you can't go back to, do they have ponderosas out here? Remember that? I don't even know where that came out. Oh, ponderosas, man. You know, you can, that's where you get a T-bone steak for $1.99. <laughs> I don't think it was a cow, bro. I'm just going to be honest. I think conspiracy, man. I, think, yeah, I don't know what was going on. But, 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 but once you have a taste of a good father and how he wants healthy relationships, you just it's hard for you now to get involved in a relationship that you shouldn't be involved. There's benefits in having a good father. He, he, he'll say, son, that's not, that's not a good person for you. That's not, that's not someone you should be in relationship with. Or daughter, honey, that's not a good person. The love of the father, man, oh, it affects us tremendously. So Jesus understood this. And that's why he was willing to become the ultimate sacrifice for all humanity. Not just for me, but even the person next to you. Isn't that crazy? Amen. That was a joke. It failed. Let me write that down. Never use that joke again. Okay, got it. All right, so, but he wanted to restore our relationship by becoming the ultimate sacrifice uh, for, for all humanity. And so people ask, you know, sometimes, you know, why does the Christians and the church always make a big deal about Easter's, Easter's? Easter and the resurrection Sunday? Why do you guys make a big deal? There is a big deal, and, and I, and I want to share with you why it's a big deal. Look in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4.4. 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world. Wait, what? Satan, did I read that right? Satan, who is the God of this world. Wow. It says, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Let me tell you this, that there is, a real, there is a real enemy. There's a real devil. There's a real Satan, chupacabra, whatever you want to call him, you know. Uh, but there is a real Satan. There is a real devil. And, and so the Bible says that he's the God of this world. 
Okay, you're like, hold on, don't freak out. Don't take off running out through the streets screaming. Hold on, just bear, bear with me. See, when the, the, when the world was created, do you remember the story about Adam and Eve? Even if you're new to the faith, you, I'm sure you've heard the name Adam and Eve. Well, they're in Genesis, and they were like the first couple, if you will, at the very beginning. And God actually entrusted Abraham with the earth. And he basically made him the ruler, made us to Adam. What did I say? Oh, you know what? Just plain. All right. Uh, Adam. Adam. Abraham. What's that? There's no pressure that the, you know, the international Bible college dean is in the house. It's like false doctrine, apostle theo. Who are you texting now, bro? Put the phone down. Put the phone down. He's got his phone, man. No wonder taking pictures with me. No, no, I'm sorry. Adam. Adam and Eve. Um. He was the first guy that God put in charge of this earth. He, he said, take care of this earth. He, he had dominion. Now watch this, okay? He was kind of like a god, a small g, G-O-D, okay, small g, not, not a god, big g. But he was, he, he was given dominion over this earth, but the dude messed up. The dude messed up. So when we get to heaven, we're going to shank him. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, we're not. No, no. But he... he you know, I don't know if I would have done any better if I would have been in that situation. You know, I'm just trying to save myself here. But, all right, so there's nothing I can do about it, huh? Yeah. Can you please not talk to Apostle Theo? <laughs> all right. So he lost. When, basically, God said, you know, you could, you could have everything here. You could eat of everything except this one thing. And the devil knew if I can get him to disobey God, He's going to break himself away from the funnel of the blessing, and I can steal that dominion from him. I can steal that authority that he has. And the enemy was able to persuade him, and he was able to take, he actually, he ate of that tree, and he gave that authority over to the devil. And so he gave his legal authority. Now, now watch this. In, in Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, watch this, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. We could say it this way, that there's a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. We, we, we're part of the kingdom of light. If you accept Jesus, we're part of the kingdom of light. And, and, the, and Satan, the devil, he's, he's the king of the kingdom of darkness. And he's trying, he's at war with us, if you will. He's been defeated. But he's trying, the only way that he can mess with you is if you give him your authority, just like he took it from Adam. All right? So the kingdom of light, which is Jesus, you know, there, there was certain, a certain, something had to happen. That's why it was so important for, for Jesus to come, live here on earth, to to die on the cross and then, and then be raised from the dead because something broke there and it realigned us back to God. That's why Easter, that's why resurrection is very important and, it, and we take time to celebrate the magnitude of what actually happened. And so it was through this that God was able to defeat the devil. And in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, God disarmed the principalities and the powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them. In triumphing over them in him, which is Jesus, in it, the cross. 
even as I speak right now, I am, God is still boldly displaying and using this as a public example of us gathering together and we're still proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and letting people know that the devil's been defeated. And so Jesus understood that, that anyone can, can father a child. Anyone can child a father. But being a father takes a lifetime. So what did I say? Boy. Father a child. <laughs> father a child. But it takes a lifetime to be a father. Amen. You know, I can, I can be a father, but there's something different when I'm a dad. It's two different things. So Jesus understood this. And, and, and what's amazing to me is that he was willing to allow himself to die so that he can give us access to the most amazing father we could ever have. That is, that's powerful. And see, and I, I understand that you may be here today and, and maybe you, you, you didn't have a father in your life. And maybe you had a father that maybe wasn't the best rep representation of, of what a father should be. But you know what? The father that I'm talking about, he loves you very much. He loves you so much that, that he wants to be a part of your life. You know, that he desires to be with you in your life when you feel like everything's falling apart, when you feel like you're falling apart, he wants to be a part of your life. There's something about the presence of a father just being there. There's something about just having the daughter try to sneak in the house and say, honey, I just want to let you know I love you. I care for you. You're beautiful. And that's what a father does. A father makes you feel valuable and secure, and he wants to be a part of your life. And so for the rest of your life, he wants to be with you when you're on top of the mountain, when you're like, yeah, I've, I've, I've scored, I've succeeded. He wants to be there with you celebrating. I saw a video on, on YouTube where this uh, uh, guy was getting married, and uh, he asked his father to be his best man. I'm not going to lie, I got emotional on that. It was like really cool the way he did it, and the dad just started crying. You know what? That, as a son, I want my father there, man. I want my heavenly father to be there. And so God, uh, Jesus made provision for that to be so. And so he is interested every stage of your life, every season of your life. Watch this, for the rest of your life. God wants to be a part of your life so bad, so bad. All right, so Jesus understood this. And so I have to say, not only do we have the best father, but, you know, I have to say this. Watch, Jesus was actually the best son a father could ever have. The best son that he could ever have. Uh, John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. You know, he laid down his life for you and I. He laid it down. It was by choice. And so that makes him, I have to say, the best big brother we could ever have. Amen. Come on, he's, a, he's good. And so just like the father wants to have a relationship with you, so does the son. So does, your, so does Jesus, your brother. He wants to have a good relationship with you. And just as I said earlier, there are benefits to have a good father in your life. You know that there's also benefits to have a good brother in your life, a good sibling in your life? There is. And so I'm going to look just a couple of those, a few of those actually. Number one, having a good big brother in your, in your life makes you nicer. So some research, research done by, uh, by this organization that it actually makes you nicer. Now, some of you might be saying, uh, I don't, that, that doesn't happen in our house, you know. They're at war. It's like, you know, uh, it can happen. But you know what? There's training that's happening in the home. 
there's something about a big brother in your life, okay? And so, um, for, uh, uh, yeah, all right, let's go to number two. Fine-tune your communication. What? Fine-tune your communication. This is all the research. You can look at it. I don't want to get too deep in it. But, but they have found out that it fine-tunes your communication. Do you know that, 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 that Jesus left his word, his Bible, and he's trying to get us to talk like him, sound like him, act like him? You know, as a, my brother's older than me, and we're four years apart. And I always wanted to be around him, and I would bug, I would bug him. Do, do we have any, like, uh, older brothers here that can, can relate to that, that you had your little brother or little sister or something just after you, right? Well, Lord, I pray for their hearts right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I wanted to be like him. I wanted to, I wanted to do everything he did. I wanted to follow him, and, and that's kind of how we are. We want to be like Jesus. We want to act like Jesus. And he left us his word, and he says, talk like me. And number three... It, uh, having a, a best friend uh, as a brother lowers your stress. Do you know it doesn't matter what situation you may find yourself in. When you have somebody that you love next to you, there's peace that comes. And, and having a big brother, and, and, you know, in the family dynamic, as far as it happens in our home, I think our kids maybe had a dispute maybe once today. Um, I'm just kidding. So, but... But you ever notice, like, they, they could be communicating, and, 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 and one, one child, they can, they can maneuver the situation so fast for the positive or the negative. I mean, one little, it's funny how we all know each other's buttons. And, and everything, it could be a calm ocean. And just like, you know, just like all this craziness. Or... They can switch the environment. You know that Jesus loves you, and he cares for you, and he'll come into any situation that you may find yourself, and he'll bring peace with him. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? Another benefit was improve your health, and I don't have time to go into that, but having a, a, a big brother in your life, improves your health. And we can take many scriptures out of the word of God to just kind of go on this particular pathway. Number five, they provide protection. And last year I did share this example, but it, but it bears me using it again. I recall I went to a Christian school when I was a, a child. It was a grade school. And it was a Christian school. And my brother went to that school as well. And this particular day, I was making my way to the cafeteria and um, Lo and behold, this bully comes out, older guy. He was in a, much older than me at the time. And he begins to tease me. He begins to bully me. He begins to kind of slap me and kind of push me down. And I'm getting mad. I'm going to leave me alone. I'm going to tell my brother, you don't leave me alone. And, uh, and, he, and he just kept bullying. He's like, I don't care. You can tell him all you want. I don't know where my brother came from, but my brother was locked in on this dude. My brother runs over there. He, it's like he unleashed this, this wrath of rage all over this dude. He turned into like, the, like something, man. And he, I mean, he took this dude down. And, and it, it got so bad that when the guy was on the floor, my brother lost it. At that point, he had tears coming out because he was so angry. And he's kicking him, kicking him, kicking him. That I got to the point where I started feeling bad for the bully. And I'm like, wait, bro, stop, stop, man, stop, dude. You're going to kill him. Stop, man, stop. And, and so the teacher comes out from nowhere, grabs my brother, and, you know, he, I'm sure he got in trouble. But, but he was protecting me. 
do you know that Jesus, man, when he sees, when he saw that the devil was trying to come after the children of God, he got upset and he says, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to stick up for my little sister, for my little brother. I, I'm willing to die. I'm willing to lay my life for you and I want you to be restored to God. This is the protection that we have for, by, just by having a big brother in our lives. And so Jesus did this so that we can say this, Romans chapter 8, and now I am convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, not, nor worries about tomorrow, or even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God revealed in my big brother. You know, I said earlier that I've been in the hospital with, with family members that are waiting on the lob, out in the lobby. And you can see their, their expression. They're there with you but they're kind of not present at the same time. See, Jesus is around the Father. And the Father's rejoicing that we're here together celebrating. But Jesus is so connected to God that he senses the, 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 the urgency, the, the hurt, if you will, for the lost and, and the broken. And so Jesus is, is matching what the father, just like we want to be like our big brother, Jesus wants to be like his father. And that's why you find him saying in the scriptures, what I say is what my father's saying. And so he was so in tune with what the father is, is expressing, what he's going through, that he wanted to make sure that he was in alignment with, with him. And so Jesus is still revealing himself to us now. Our job is just to point people to Christ. Every single one of us, we have a responsibility to help people take one step closer to God. He does all the heavy lifting. And sometimes we feel like we have to be the ones to do all this. No, sometimes really all you need is just point them to God, and God's really good at what he does. He's really good at what he does. And so it's interesting here as, as Jesus was going, uh, he was getting ready to give his life. And there's a story here in the Bible that he, that he finds himself there with the disciples. And he was thinking to himself, you know, in John chapter 13, verse 3, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. So he had all the authority. Now think about it. If, if you're there, you know, what happens out here is one thing. What's going on internally is a whole other thing. He's like, man, my, these disciples don't really get it yet what I'm going to do and why I need to do what I need to do. And he's aware that he has all the authority he could ever have. Now, if you had that authority, what would you do with that authority? Would you, like, start collecting taxes on people? <laughs> I don't know. Would you try to go save somebody? What, what, would you, what would you do, you know? I'm sure Jesus had thoughts of, like, man, maybe I should, maybe there's another way, you know. I'm getting ready to die, you know. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know how many people signed up for this, uh, this is interesting, that next verse, he said, so he got up from the table and he took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water onto a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that he had around him. See, this job was typically reserved for one of the lowest ranking servants in the house. You would never find a king washing somebody else's feet. 
And Jesus modeled what love is. He modeled what love is. And so Jesus got down on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. So he modeled and then he instructs them how to do it. See, this is, this is think about it, this is executive team. You got the disciples in the house. You know, you know, people should be washing my feet. You know, people should be, you know, think about it. This is executive team. He just conquered all these things. He's getting ready to die, and, and all these big things are going to happen. They've seen all the miracles that Jesus have done, and then all of a sudden he's down washing their feet. So not only, and then he instructs them to do the same thing. He said, don't think you've arrived. And he says, not only do we get this love, but we get we get this love to love other people. So everything that Jesus did was to connect humanity to God. Love is what attracts us to the Lord because he, he's not a condemning God. He loves you so much. And so Jesus, Jesus was connected with the heart of the Father. And so we get his love, and now we get to love through his love. That's why when you didn't have compassion for somebody, now you have compassion for somebody. God allows you to see past the outside and allows you to see on the inside of people. God loves people so much. There's people that you're going to reach that you don't even like. God's, God is, it's so important for God to connect people to one another because that's how God moves. And so every, everybody, God is so desperately looking for souls. And, I, and I've shared this example before, but I'll share it again because it fits with what we're saying. When my, do- my, my daughter left for like three months, and um, I missed her, man. It was crazy. I was like, I was there eating at home with my family. We had to have a good time. We spent Thanksgiving together, but she wasn't there. And the whole time, you know, we, we laughed. We, we st- it was still fun, but all I could do was just think about my daughter. That's all I could do. I could just think about her, and I, I, I could remember how it felt just to hold her hand or tell her she's beautiful, and, and, and that's, my mind was just on that. And that's how God is with humanity, and that's how God is with you. And it is so important to God that God gives an example of what it is when someone returns to him. And in Luke chapter 15, verse 6, it says, Returning home, he called all his friends and neighbors together and said, Let's have a party. And come and celebrate with me on the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and I brought it home. In verse 7 it says, and Jesus said, continued, In the same way, there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents. Who comes home and returns to the fold. More so than all the righteous people who never strayed away. Everything that Jesus did, why is Resurrection Sunday such a big deal? Because he literally defeated Satan. He took authority back, the dominion back, and he's given it to us. And he's restored our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And now I ask you today, maybe you've wondered a little bit. You wondered yourself off of you, kind of straight aside. I'm glad you're here. And you know what? God wants to have a relationship with you. If you wouldn't mind, just close your eyes and we get Johnny on the keyboard. Just close your eyes for just a moment. I'm going to give you an opportunity because God wants to restore his relationship with you. He's not angry with you. He loves you more than you ever know. So, Father, I am so thankful. Father, we just invite your presence right now. And, God, I pray over every person that is in this room. 
I pray that you awaken a hunger on the inside of like never before. God, that they would become so hungry for you to a degree that, man, they just they can't stop thinking about you. And Father, I pray for those that maybe have wandered or, or are new to the faith, that, that, that were new to the faith and maybe straight away or, or are not serving, would never have served you or never followed your path. Today, God, I just pray that you minister to them right there where you're at. I pray that you just reveal yourself. And Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I break anything over their lives that may try to hold them back. Father, we yield ourselves to you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, if you're here and you know you've wandered away, you know that you need to make things right. You know that God needs to be the center of your life and you just haven't put him as in first place. I'd like to give you an opportunity today to make that right. And you watch what God will do. He's going to come down, just wrap his arms around you and tell you that he loves you and that he cares for you. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to have that life. I want to live my life on purpose. I want, to, I want to have meaning. I want to be a part of God's family, a part of the kingdom of light. If that is you, when I count to three, I just want you to just slip your hand up right there. Just, you can put it down. And somebody's going to come to you and just going to, they're going to minister to you just for a minute. They're going to give you something. Because we'd love to just follow up with you and help you during this time. So if that is you, with all eyes closed and head bowed. If that is you, just raise your, your hand quickly at the count of three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand right there where you're at. Just right there where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you, Lord. Just give an opportunity for any, anyone else. Just right there where you're at, just raise your hand. We'd love to just pray with you. And you say, I, I just want to serve God. I want to serve God. I've been wondering a little bit, and I, I, need, I need to get back in alignment with God. I need to fully just embrace his life for me. Just right there, just quickly raise your hand and put it back down. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Now, everyone repeat after me. Say, Lord. I give you my life. Use me. I surrender myself from my will, my own pursues, and I want to follow you with everything I have. Lord, forgive me for living my own life and leaving you out. I need you, God. Today, I accept Jesus in my heart and I allow him to be the Lord of my life. Lord, shape me, mold me, and do what you need to do with me. I love you, Jesus. I give you my life. Amen. Can we give God some praise on that? Amen. Just close your eyes one more time right there where you're at. Father, I'm so thankful for everyone that is in this room. You know where they find themselves right now. If they're going through some struggles, they've had a difficult week, a difficult year, whatever that might be, Father. Or maybe they've had the greatest year of their life. Father, I pray that right now that you just overwhelm them with your love. That they can sense your presence, God. 
that everything they need today, Father, they walk out with. That when they walk out of this church today, their lives are changed. They go out with your presence. They go out with a knowing that you are ever-present. They go out with the best father that anyone could ever have. And with the best big brother anyone could ever have as well. Today is a good day, Lord. So we just speak blessings over them, God. A hunger, a discernment, Father, to follow you. And I pray that you give us all, Father, a heart for the lost, for other people that don't know you. I pray that you give us opportunities that we can minister to other people, that we can help other people take a step closer to God. Father, give us the boldness. not Give us wisdom, but also give us the boldness to do what we need to do, the courage. And Father, we just send out ministering angels here, Father, the north, the south, the east, the west, to bring in the hurting, to bring in the lost. Father, we see this place full with people just running to the altar because they want to get reconnected with you. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the future. The future is bright in you. Lives are being changed and transformed. Lives will never be the same. And I pray that you continue to give us that hunger, that passion to reach the lost. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead. Thank you that you took the sins and our shame and our guilt on that cross. And now we can be free and we can proclaim this to other people in Tampa Bay. We love you, Father. We glorify you because you're an awesome God. In Jesus' precious name, everyone says, amen. Come on, can we give some praise to God?